0: until you get
1: through that um, I'm going to call it the fire (laughs) Uh, just for the sake of that's what it is um, because you're really going through the fire for quite some time Um, once you're on the other side of it you can look back and go okay yeah now I've made it Um, things are good but you're in the middle of it for quite some time if you're in a high conflict divorce And um, it was my faith that got me through it. So the thing that kept me in the marriage for a long time was also the very thing that got me through uh, my divorce.
0: Welcome to Voices of Celebration. This series is designed to inspire and encourage you as we share real life experiences of former Journey Beyond Divorce clients who invested in their personal growth through divorce and emerged a better version of themselves with a more rewarding post-divorce life. Welcome back to another episode of Voices of Celebration. And today I am speaking with a former client named Jodi, who has a couple of young children and is going to tell us her story. Um, welcome, Jodi. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to today's show. Well, Jodi, I know you've had quite the long um twisting, turning, uh, journey through your divorce. And so I just want to thank you for your willingness to come and share a little bit about your experience and your growth. And so as, as I always do, um, I want to invite you to give the listeners some context as to, um, how you ended up on the, uh, divorce path.
1: Yeah, um, well, just to paint a, a quick picture, I was married for over 20 years, um, in what I thought had been a fantastic marriage, but as time went on, what, um, I thought was just the blending of two opposites, um, was really more of a codependent relationship. And, um, over time, I pretty much lost myself, um, mm-hmm. And sort of catered to my partner. And um, then when children were introduced, that uh, just became more and more complicated. So by the end of our marriage, um, things had become pretty toxic um, to the point of multiple forms of abuse happening. Um, And we had three children that were plunged right in the middle of it. Um, And, you know, I I don't say this lightly in that when you are in a situation where um, you are somewhat socially and financially dependent on another person, it is not an easy decision to leave and it is not an easy process. Um, And on top of that, um, I am a person of faith and come from family lines, um, strong with a strong Christian component. And, um, I felt very isolated because the things that were happening in my marriage were not things that I felt I could talk to in my faith community. Um, and so I felt like not only were we living a double life, but my silence, um, was costing us and myself and my children. Um, and even though I knew my marriage was over, it took me years um, and truly years to establish um, the supports that I needed in order to leave. And by saying supports, I meant um, looking for people outside of my church family and my immediate family that I could trust and talk to. Um, and that involved me going back to work. It involved me going back to school and getting trained for a new vocation. Um, it involves setting up um, sort of an inner circle of people who I could slowly confide in and um, kind of share these crazy things that were happening in my life. Yeah. Um, who could confirm that, yep, that is not right. That is not healthy. How can this be happening? Um, because I didn't have a place to voice any of that before. I didn't even feel I could tell my um, my my family.
0: Um, right. And so um, it, took, wanna, it took a I long wanna time. Just, yeah. I want to slow you down here too, because mm-hmm. I think you've just talked about two huge things. One is that incredibly difficult decision to leave. Mm -hmm. And then if you're the stay at home parent, um, what sounds to me is that you have this, this wisdom to slow it down and create what you needed Mm -hmm. to prepare for life as a single parent. And that that's a lot of people who are like, should I end or should I mend? They kind of know, that they should end. But all of those things are so scary, right? The not having the money, not having a job, being very reliant on a partner who you want to divorce. And mm-hmm. to your point, you know, what does that support circle look like? And is it healthy? And so that's amazing that you um, you crafted all of that on your own. And I'm just curious if you were to put a timeframe on uh, that period of the process from the time that you thought, I really do need to leave until you actually um the work that you did what was that mm-hmm. time frame that work that you did before you actually like legally started leaving <laughs> um
1: I think it was uh gosh it was probably 3 years from the point when I said okay I need to find a job I need to get a career again um and then I went back to school, and and all of that. I think it took three years um, before I was able to file for divorce. And even be, um, and in that last year leading up to filing, I knew I was going to file. Like even before that, I had a feeling. I didn't know for sure, but I knew I needed a plan B. And. Um, I kind of went into it with, well, maybe if I just have this other thing in my life, maybe I won't be so unhappy and maybe my partner won't be so unhappy and we'll have more income and maybe that will alleviate stress because I was still coming Mm. at things from a codependent standpoint of, okay, well, he's really unhappy. So, you know, if I'm helping to support the family and I'm right. out of the house, maybe that will make things better. Right. So it, it still wasn't fully like I'm out. It was, well, right. um, what can I do? Cause this is a bad situation. What can I do? And, you know, in the offset that I do end up on my own, you know, this is in place. Um, and then in the middle of that, I discovered that there were things in my marriage that I, just awful things that I uncovered um, that just validated I had made the right choice to go back to work and start a career. Um, And it was actually during that time period that I met with a therapist for a while um, who had actually suggested you... Actually, it wasn't suggestion. It was a direct, this is what you need to do. You need to get social support outside of the church, outside of your marriage, outside of your immediate family, um, because right. you will need that in your next steps. And I think right. she knew, she saw the writing on the wall that what would happen is what was going to happen, but she wasn't going to tell me, <laughs> right? right. Um, that's right. not what therapists do, but she just, she knew. And um, looking back, she was spot on right. Um yeah.
0: And so that's the other piece I'm hearing is that you, your whole family was very intricately involved in your um, community of faith, including your, Mm -hmm. your ex-husband. And so, so. And that is such a tricky thing, right? So we have Mm -hmm. um, we have houses of faith that are really emotionally healthy and houses of faith that are less so. And Mm -hmm. um, what I'm hearing is that it was it was not a safe space for you to stay and share within that community.
1: No, it was not Um, just because of of our position within uh, the faith community. Yeah. Um, and, um, shedding light on certain things, um, eventually, um, I mean, it eventually came out, um, but not without the fallout that happens. So, right. um, yeah, I, I mean, I really had to walk a very fine line.
0: Um, would, would you be willing to talk a little bit about, um, about divorce and faith? Some people, um stay because they feel like, um, you know, they're breaking a vow. God's going to be angry mm-hmm. with them. Some people lose their faith as they go through this because it's so hard. Like how could God be there? Can you just share a little bit about, um, because I, you know, you're, are that's such an intricate part of your life. How mm-hmm. did, how would you say that your, um, relationship, um, faith relationship impacted your divorce journey?
1: Um, I would say it was an integral piece. Um, and and for both the better and the worse, to some extent, because um, I do have a very strong faith. And um, for many, many years, I've had Um, spiritual practices of daily prayer, devotion, um, intense Bible study, uh, meeting with others and and gathering to pray together. Um, So these are practices that I've had for years um, that would carry me through some really difficult times. And I think because of that strong faith and those practices, I was willing to put up with things in my marriage um, because I thought, well, God will fix this Um, if I just pray hard enough, if I just um, trust the Lord that um, my ex will, you know, and at the time husband, um, you know, will get help and will... um, you know turn his life around then this marriage will be saved um and so i really put a lot of faith in that i can go back into journals and read for years of this yep. prayer that was constantly repeated and so i think on the on the downside it held me into this marriage for much longer than i should have um because i didn't even consider divorce as an option it wasn't right. something that was on my radar um And then um, when I was seeking uh, marital counseling um, and my husband refused to go, um, I ended up just going on my own. (laughs) And um, some Christian counselors come from a very, um, uh, what shall I say, not, um, they may not give the best counsel. Um,
0: Yes, (laughs) They counsel out of their humanness Instead of their failure
1: And, and, you know, to give credit um, I had a fantastic Christian counselor who She was spot on, but she was also really Expensive, and so I felt like I can't Afford to pay for this So I went with the free option Um, And that was Where I got some misguided counseling Um, Mm -hmm. And um, And so that was hard But if you can separate out the human from the faith standpoint, um, um, I'll just say that scripture does not support abuse and scripture does not support staying in an abusive relationship, but you have to recognize that that relationship is abusive. And I think that was the clincher for me that I did not recognize that and realize that and once I did once I had this sort of outside circle that I could confide in and say here's the things happening and they confirmed oh my gosh that is abusive like that was when the
0: light bulb went off of oh my gosh well what am I doing here (laughs) why am I still here Um, you know Jodi I think that so many of our listeners um when you say toxic marriage the first thought is i'm i'm not in a toxic marriage i'm not in a dysfunctional marriage mm-hmm. right and and to your point and then and then the beauty of outsiders being let in right when we're isolated. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm hearing you isolated in your faith community and in your marriage. So, so nobody was peeking in the windows. And then you have Mm -hmm. healthy people peeking in the windows and you start getting this perspective. I Mm -hmm. I remember I went to my pastor and I said, if, you know, if God's going to be angry at me, I'll figure out a way to stay because that's how important my faith is and thank God this, this pastor was like, absolutely not what you've described is not what's written in the Bible. That is not Mm -hmm. what God has for marriage and love. And I think it's such an important topic to talk about because a lot of us get confused. We stay Mm -hmm. for the wrong reasons. Um, You justify
1: things, you make excuses for things, you, um, you minimize things. Absolutely. Um, So on the flip side, so that was the negative side of, of my faith, kind of keeping me in something that went on way too long. But on the positive side, because I had all of, um, I had this strong rooted faith when, um, things got really tough because you think when you're in a, a difficult marriage, you think, well, gosh, now that I'm out of it, you know, and we're going through divorce, it'll get better. Absolutely. The opposite is true. Um, it, just gets worse. And until you get through that, um, I'm going to call it the fire, (laughs) uh, just (laughs) for the sake of that's what it is, um, because you're really going through the fire for quite some time. Um, Once you're on the other side of it, you can look back and go, okay, yeah, now I've made it. Um, Things are good, but you're in the middle of it for quite some time if you're in a high conflict divorce. And um, it was my faith that got me through it. So the thing that kept me in the marriage for a long time was also the very thing that got me through uh, my divorce. And um, I... Any number of things happened um, that just one setback after another that had to do with our kids, that had to do with um, legal issues that were brought up. Um, And and I don't need to go into the details of all of that, just to say that it was, again, it was a marriage that lasted over 20 years and the divorce lasted over two. And there was not an easy part in any of it. Um, And it was things like um, people just coming out of the woodwork and wanting to support me um, through a gift of a vacation rental, or um, suddenly people bringing food, um, or um, with my work situation, I needed to take time off of work. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do to make ends meet. And yet, things just things came together. And um, in every part of it, whenever I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here, I would just turn to scripture. I would turn to journaling. I would turn to my faith and, and my faith circle because during that time too, a part of my inner circle was establishing some strong Christian friends that I would pray together with. This was, of course, in the midst of COVID too, with shutdowns and quarantines and people not being able to get together. So I had set up a a rhythm of meeting on Zoom um, with some friends where we would just get together and pray on Zoom every week. Um, and so I had this prayer circle So that when some crisis happened Because they happened regularly um, <laughs> So I, I should say When the next crisis happened I could just shoot out a text message To that inner circle And they would all be praying over it um, And they would um, reach out and say Okay, I can take you know these kids Or what do you need? Um, I'm there um, and, yeah. <laughs> and I guess the point was I had that community of support around me. I had that faith. And so I didn't have to be afraid of what's going to happen. I just trust it. I'm like, okay, God's going to take care of this. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know what I need to take care of today. And God will take care of tomorrow. Um, and um, even though I didn't have like that big church, um like the day the weekly you know you go into church services because again COVID uh, where I live everything was shut down everything was online um but I had I had the people I had the church people I had the faith and I had those practices like I said where in the morning I would always and I still do I start my days opening up scripture reading a devotion um digging into God's word and um I that, I mean, that's, that's really what has carried me through and I can still look to that and go, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen next year. Um, but I trust that God's going to take care of me and, and God's got it in his hand.
0: Um, and so, so I just want to, I, I, yeah. yeah. And I'm just, I, I would love to speak to that because so many, you know, it's, it's such an uncertain time. And I know with you, it was tumultuous with your mm-hmm. kids too, which of course pulls mm-hmm. on our heartstrings so much. And, and that's a place where, you know, fear can really come in and slay us. And, and, you know, for you to have that foundation of trust that, that I don't know how I'm going to get through or what it's going to look like, but I know that you know, like the big guy upstairs has my back. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what impact would you say just, just that piece, um, of course, you built the community and everything, but that just piece of knowing that um, I'm covered, what did that do for you? Um, well, I, I mean, it, it just
1: like I said, it, it gave me peace um, because I knew um, I mean, I could be stressing about something or worried, um, but that didn't get me anywhere um, where if I just said, you know what, God's got this. And he has covered me in the past when problems came up. He's got this covered right now and I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to waste energy worrying about this because it will be okay.
0: And I I think it's very important, like knowing, having kind of come alongside you, you did everything you could humanly do. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like you were like, oh, God's got it. You like, Mm -hmm. you did all the research, you did all the work. But then when it Mm -hmm. when there was nothing left to do but worry, Mm -hmm. that's where I'm hearing that you were able to like surrender. Yes. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well and and there, I mean there's pieces we haven't talked about because um the divorce process itself was was quite difficult. My kids were thrust right into the middle of it. Um, We had uh, a lot of legal stuff going on. Um, We had a guardian ad litem on the case. Um, At times, CPS had been involved. Um, I had a, one of my children was going through mental health crises um, and then we had um, like the mental health services that were involved with things um, and lots of entities that way um, and medical providers and and this, that and the other. And, um, and it wasn't like there were any easy answers for for any of it. Um, and you're looking, you'll be told, oh, well, you need to do you need to do this. And you go to these resources and they don't exist. It's like, okay, well, you're telling me I have to do this. I have to get this type of support for my child or I have to get this type of provider. And yet they don't exist. And so um, again, it was, it, that went back to faith of, okay, well, um, these things aren't here. So what I do have is um, my my natural supports <laughs> through um, extended family, through my church family, through my work family, um, and through my faith and how can we fit these needs um, with what I have and, and that got me pretty far, you know, and and I will say, I mean I was also working with a therapist at the time who, <clears throat> excuse me who was also helpful to sort of establish safety for myself and for my family um, but ultimately um, I, there was still a piece that was missing in terms of just the Um, the mechanics, I guess I would say, of what do I do here? Because, you know, the big picture was taken care of. I didn't have to worry about the big things, but it would be like the little things of, okay, well, I'm in this divorce. And, you know, I have, I have an attorney, I have this, this and this and this in place, but I don't even know what I'm supposed to do for Finances. I don't know what I'm supposed to do for dealing with these ongoing communications that are coming from my ex that are inappropriate. I don't know what I'm supposed to do um, to manage this b- constant bombardment of people asking me questions and these decisions that I have to make. Um, and so that's where um, sort of a shift happened to of um, I know I need, I, I have these, these helpful people And I have this network and these things are starting to get under control, but there's still this element where I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's actually when I reached out um, to you, Karen, and did the Lifeline call Um, because I was um, just to give a little bit more information um, in the divorce. We were headed towards court um, because my kids were going to... um, Uh, because of how they had been pulled into the divorce, Uh, there had been a recommendation made to have supervised visits only with their dad. And I was terrified. (laughs) I was terrified of going to court over this. I was terrified over um, what the outcome would be, how the kids would respond. And meanwhile, I'm getting all these bombarding, um, awful messages uh, from my ex. And um, I just felt like, Okay, my my therapist is only doing so much. What do I do now? And that's when I reached out to you. And um, and that was like the last piece As what I felt like. I had all these other things in place. And then you were that last piece that I needed. Um and Can you share
0: a little bit about um about that part of the journey, like engaging in coaching? And I know that you've grown in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I know that we worked in very some very specific ways that were helpful for for you. So whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, I had been, I guess, to back up, um, you know, I, I've always been sort of a self starter, a learner, uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to grow. And as I explained earlier, I had been kind of (laughs) working on how do I get out of this marriage for some time. And so as part of that, Um, Probably even a year before I filed for divorce, I started listening to different podcasts to just kind of get in the, um, just gain knowledge of what it was I was getting into. And um, one of the podcasts that I had started listening to was yours. And I think that spring was actually, um, you did a series on high conflict divorces. And so that was... um, it was really helpful and I listened to all of those and I absorbed as much as I could. Um, and I think I also started listening and studying the work of like Bill Eddy. And then there was the high conflict co-parenting podcast that I listened to um, with Olson. Um, and so even after I, after we were separated and in the middle of the divorce, you know, I was, I was soaking in as much as I could. Um, and I was trying to apply (laughs) what I was learning, but, um, But sometimes, um, kind of like I needed an outsider to confirm to me that my marriage was not healthy and there were abusive things happening. I also needed an outsider to work with me on how to apply some of these things um, that were in these podcasts. Like, um, you know, I could cognitively know, okay, this is how to respond to a message. But in action, it's a lot harder until you have someone working with you. So, when I reached out, um, I had, <laughs> I think I had shared a situation where um, my ex had scheduled something um, with, with the kids on my parenting time uh, to go meet with the guardian ad litem. And um, then the guardian ad litem is calling me to have me change my schedule. And I was so frustrated about it. And I was sharing that with you in that coaching call and, you asked me a question of well, how else could you have responded? Like what were some alternatives? And I just I remember that thinking, well, there are no alternatives. I have right. to change my schedule. Right. And and I was just, I was dumbfounded. Of, well, there was nothing else I could do. And you responded, Well, this wasn't your problem. Put it back on the Guardian item and your ex. <laughs> that they're the ones who schedule something on your time put that on them they have to reschedule um and let them feel the pressure why are you and I think the term here is being a flying monkey um why are you constantly and I think you used the word like bending over backwards um to accommodate your because that was that was the pattern I was constantly bending over backwards to accommodate choices and and things that he was doing um and no give on on the other side and um that just was like a ding ding ding
0: Our free Rapid Relief Call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today.
1: that you mentioned in that first call was um, sort of using this mantra of, of course he did Um, that anything that he did, I just needed to learn to expect that and accept it um, because that's just the nature of the beast. And so instead of getting frustrated about it, is to expect it already. And, and when it happens, say, yep, of course, of course he did that, right? And then just move on and not get upset, but work around it. Um, anyway, so there were just a number of things in that very first call that applied the, the concepts from your podcast that I just hadn't... Um, made those connections for myself. And it was at that point, I'm like, this is what I need. I need this right here. Um, Someone who understands high conflict divorce, someone who understands the situation that I'm in, that is coming in as an outsider and can see exactly what's happening. That's not in the middle of it. Um, And, um, you know, we, we worked for about a year. And during that time, you guided me through some really difficult stuff. And um, you always kind of kept me thinking about what's your next step? Because I was also in the moment, but also not really knowing what to do next. And so you were all, always sort of, okay, well, where are you at in your process? What's coming up? Here's what you need to do. And you always gave me action plan of okay, here's what you need to be preparing for. Here's what to expect. And here's um, resources to help prep for that. And that's, I've so much appreciated that. Um, You know, some of the things that you brought up to me too um, with those supervised visits meant that I had the kids all the time. I still do. (laughs) And um, there's no respite to to speak. Um, So you helped me find ways that I could use um, my natural supports to create that respite, right? So exchanges of kids for overnights and sleepovers and, um, to reach out and say, Hey, I really need this time. And, um, and to not be the one who's always asking for help because I had to be that person to ask for help, which is very humbling. Um, but to also then offer, I'm not just asking this, but I'm offering it too, right? Right. I'll give you time. You give me time. It's a, it's a win-win, um, And I had never thought of things in that way before. Um, Another thing that you did that was so helpful that I think people in high conflict situations would benefit from were um, you worked through... Um, communications directly that I was getting from my ex and we would just work through them one line at a time. And you would talk about it with me of, okay, let's evaluate this. Is this something that even needs to be responded to? And you would come at it with a very neutral perspective um, and help me sort of use those tools of um, what do I need to attend to? What do I not need to attend to? And how do I respond in a, um, uh, in that Biff manner, <laughs> brief, informative, friendly but firm. Um, that's from Bill Eddy. For those of you who aren't familiar, yeah. Um, anyway, it it was so helpful to have that um, and to get pulled out of the emotions of it. Um, that that coaching, um, you know, I carry it now. Even now, um, I don't get very many. Strange communications, but I still do sometimes, and I know how to respond now when I do get them. Um, and so, you know, all of those pieces together were kind of what what I needed to get through that last phase and that final push um, until the divorce was finally over. Um, and so, I'm in a place where um, I'm I'm healthier. I can look back and say, you know, sure, I wish I I wish maybe I had reached out and. Got coaching sooner. Maybe that might have made it, made things easier. I don't know because um, my divorce was so so awful Um, that that first year truly was just one crisis after the next, after the next. And so probably nothing could have been different. But
0: um, yeah. And um, and I just want to acknowledge that uh, as as divorces go, um, you were on a wild roller coaster ride and mm -hmm. um, and with your kids in like the front car of the roller coaster. So Mm -hmm. just in terms of operating out of your amygdala and being in a lot of, you know, fight, flight, um, because of all the triggering, uh, makes so much sense. And, and I do want to just take a moment to acknowledge between your faith and your, your thoroughness and your educating yourself, uh, you, really did a very impressive job of um, of staying centered and Mm -hmm. certainly keeping the kids in the center of every decision that you made. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say, Jody? were like when you look at you you talk about the fire. So let's say the fire of refinement. What would you say are some of the key things that that you emerged with that you didn't enter with that are part Mm. of your growth through divorce?
1: Um, I think most importantly, I have learned that I am my own person and um, I think before I always saw myself as um, mm, like an attachment, (laughs) like I am a partner to someone, I'm the person that makes people better. And I, like I I really did, I lost myself Um, and not just in my marriage, but even in mothering at times too, because I would pour so much of myself into somebody else that I didn't know what was me. Um, Mm. And so being able to be my own person has been freeing because, wow, I have opinions that I forgot I had and I can explore the things that I like to do. Um, and I can parent the way that I want to parent and I can go to the places that I want to go and take on, um, interests that I am interested in. So it's really been a process of getting to know me and, um, what is it that I, I am and, and I like, um, and not what the other person is and likes and I think that's where the biggest growth has been. Um, also, you know, that's so much related to boundaries too, um, of what am I responsible for and what am I not responsible for? And, and to be honest, I'm still working on that one. Um, you know, I think that's a challenge for for those of us who, um, and I I think for women in particular, it's a challenge because in many ways we've been groomed to um, okay. calm the... The waters to um, make people feel better, and then as a mom, like those expectations are kind of placed on you too from culture. So yep. I think it's a it's a battle that all of us um, face, and some of us just have a harder. <laughs> harder time with it than others. So that's definitely a place where I'm still growing. Um, But I am way better at it than I used to be. And I'm, I'm aware of it. I think that's part of the battle of before I didn't even realize that that was a problem. Now I'm aware of it. And I, and I can see it more readily. um, Whereas before I wasn't even aware. And um, I just, I, I love I love the possibilities that are there that were never there before because it was always a situation of accommodating somebody else and um, tiptoeing around um, what their wants, needs, desires were. And um, my own were never particularly um, valued. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm excited for, for this time in my life when I get to just get to know me better and, and I love it
0: you know it's so interesting as you're talking i'm i'm like envisioning like as you make this decision the compression right it's like we're in the vice we're in the vice we're in the vice and now you're describing this expansiveness as you emerge and the possibility of your life and who you are and what you can do and what mm-hmm. you've learned that you're taking with you and of course i always like to add and and how you're going to take all of that and and pay it forward into your children and mm-hmm. it just sounds so expansive
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm excited for where life will take me. And as I say, I don't even know what next year will look like, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, because there's possibilities and, um, and, and that excites me, right? It's, it's an exciting sort of not knowing. Um, whereas before it would have been a a trap. Yes, exactly. The fear versus excitement. So, um, yeah, so I just I want to give hope to those who are in situations where uh, right now you maybe don't feel like you have much. Hold on to that hope because it will end. And um, you know I, I can't impress upon you enough how important it is to reach out to trusted friends and ask for help because you cannot do this alone you have to have um, people in your life that you can call on because you will need you will just need help that's that's the reality as a single parent as someone trying to leave a long-term marriage as someone um who's in a high conflict divorce, you will need help and you will need strong counsel. Um, Do not try to do this on your own, is what I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really great advice. And especially so many of us do emerge from these high conflict marriages, very lost, very lost Mm -hmm. of self and that support and having people reflecting back to you. You know, how how valuable and beautiful and loved you are mm-hmm. is, is such a soothing balm when you've been mm-hmm. judged and criticized and berated and bel- belittled. Yeah. And, uh, and,
1: you know, and that reminds me too something else that I hadn't mentioned is I had had such a low opinion of myself um, because of those kinds of messages that it took a lot of external confirmation um, that I was able to... <laughs> Like I wasn't able to trust my decisions before I thought, oh gosh, you know, every decision I make is wrong. Um, But I had this external confirmation over and over and over from different people um, in different aspects of my life that confirmed, no, there's nothing wrong with the way I make decisions Um, that I was able to finally internalize that. And that was also a growth process too. Of okay, I need to get this this voice of my ex out of my head, and I need to implant this other voice, this neutral voice that looks at me as, in the same way that everybody else does, and not the way that my ex does. Um, and you know that was huge too, because then you gain a sense of self, and you gain a sense of. Um, I am significant. I am an and I am capable and, yeah. you know, all the things that you don't think that you are before. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. And, and I think that for those of us who do live in that faith place, um, there is that peace that like my heavenly father created me. I am mm-hmm. perfect and beautiful as I am. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm imperfect in that. I'll make mistakes. But um, that's so quickly lost when there's mm-hmm. a, such a long-term chipping away. And, mm-hmm. and yet what a beautiful place to get it back as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. You know, thank you so much for for sharing um, the, boy, the bumps and bends of your journey. And do you, I just want to invite you, if you have any uh, last minute words for our listeners before we say goodbye.
1: Um, I think it would be, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, Don't be afraid to share what's going on in your life, you will be surprised at um, how quickly people want to support you, because you are not alone. And I think the difficulty of being in um, a a difficult marriage is you feel that shame and that shame um, makes you want to keep silent. And that's what traps you. And just letting go of that shame and being vulnerable with others um, is what opens the door to getting that help. And so I just want to encourage those of you who are in these situations right now, you know, open up, find find those trusted people, open up, share, get that help. Um, those are your first steps and it will just yeah. grow exponentially from there. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Jody. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Karen. It's been my pleasure to walk alongside you, and I'm very excited for your future and the future of your children. And for those of you listening, um, I know many of you in the early stages. uh, We will continue to share new voices of celebration. You can find them on our Apple podcast, and we'll be back again real soon with another episode. So you stay. Take care. Bye bye. group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.